It's finally not raining. Woohoo. Oh my goodness. The whole of July rained and it's finally sunny outside. I forgot what it was like to see sunshine. Whoa, the cat's on the move. He's, we uh, had him sat. I don't know if any of you guys saw the behind the scenes photo that we posted on Instagram, but he was sat right next to the mic. <laughs> we thought he was going to hang out for this whole recording, but he's just left. I'm just purring rudely. into the microphone. So rude. Okay. Where were we? <laughs> Talking about weather, of course. Very British conversation. Um, so for me... Like, we know it's been, obviously, it's been raining all of July, and we've all had weddings in the rain. We've had a couple where we've, it was... We've all been affected by weather at some point <laughs> in our lives. But, like, we have, we have had a couple of weddings where it was supposed to be, like, thunder and lightning, storms, just raining, basically. Every wedding has weather. Every wedding has weather, thanks. <laughs> but I've actually, like, I've actually genuinely been excited about having something other than perfect sunshine for weddings. I've been excited about weddings with, like, big grey rain clouds in the background and, like, photos of people running with umbrellas or rainy shots of the couple. Um, That might just be you. You might be the only one. Well, I mean, I kind of embraced it. And one wedding we had at Tunnels Beaches, we had the bride was a geography teacher and she was well into, like, rocks and weather and stuff. Weather. (laughs) weather. She loved weather. Um, And we, we, um, on the morning of the wedding, we were like, oh, it's an outdoor ceremony at the beach. And that is why you booked this venue. Um, how's this going to go if it rains? And as soon as we saw the bride, she was like, I don't care. I'm going out in the rain. Weather's great. Like, what's nice. wrong with a bit of rain? Fair play. Exactly. We loved that. But obviously, sometimes our couples were a bit like, oh, no, this is going to ruin everything. Um, Which is understandable, isn't it? Like, Oh, yeah. If you've ever done the Pinterest thing, your perfect <laughs> dream wedding probably isn't a wet day, is it? Well, they've, they've planned things like lawn games and stuff. And it's like, you can't do that. Or our last wedding, they didn't actually have seating um, inside for enough guests. So people had to sit outside. So we were lucky it didn't rain then too. But all of these weddings we've had, they were supposed to rain and didn't. And I've actually been disappointed, which is so weird. Like, you kind of gear yourself up for a rainy day. You get yourself prepared. You think of the cool shots you can get. You start to actually get excited. And then it doesn't rain, (laughs) which sounds really silly. I don't wish rain on someone's wedding day. But when I know it's going to happen, I kind of get excited that I can do some cool stuff with it. Um, And we have had some of our members actually post in the membership and ask what do I do? It's going to rain on my wedding day, like today or tomorrow. How do I deal with this? And there's obviously practical stuff, like have an umbrella, have one for you, have one for the couple. Think of indoor spots for photos, make the most of doorways, that sort of thing. Don't um, stress too much. Yeah, Let it nothing you wash can do. over you. Yes, well done. Thank you. <laughs> but I don't, I don't hate the idea of a really rainy wedding. I think it can make really cool photos. So my, my best advice, other than like umbrellas and all that sort of stuff, is to get excited and make the most of it and get some really cool and unusual and different photos. And to also like totally get your couple excited as well. Like turn up and go, doesn't matter if it rains, things might be different, but how cool would it be to get these cool photos? And also one thing that I thought of a while ago that actually kind of made me think about things differently is if it rains on your wedding day and you have a great day, every time it rains in the future, you'll think back to your wedding day and how great of a day you had. You know how like weather, sometimes people get like smells remind them of stuff or whatever. For me, it's kind of light and weather that reminds me of stuff. Like somehow like a grey drizzly day might remind me of a nice day that I was, you know, happy in my childhood or something. 
Um, so make the best of what you got. Yeah, so you can kind of sell it to your couples that way. And then later on, you could do like backlit rain shots with an off-camera flash. Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of embrace the weather. Obviously, if it like chucks it down on our next wedding, <laughs> maybe I'll be grumpy. Who knows? Like it's it's easy to be positive when it's sunny outside. Well, it's but... more of a it's more of a mood thing, isn't it? At the wedding. So if the weather kills everybody's mood, yeah, then that's going to affect things way more than like not getting the background that you want or not being able to go outside at a certain time. It kind of comes back down to the ideal client thing, which I'm all about. I'm always banging on about attracting your ideal client. Here we go again. <laughs> But it's so important. Like the fact that I turned up to that wedding, the beach wedding, worried about the couple being worried. And she was like, I really don't care. I'm embracing it, like whatever. That is because we attracted an ideal client, someone who is very relaxed and cool about that sort of stuff. If we got those sorts of couples that were very, very high stress and needed everything to be Pinterest perfect, then, I mean, we don't attract those sorts of people, but that would be a problem on the day if it was raining. So... It, it really comes back to having a brand, an identity, like not your branding and your logo. I mean, the things that you talk about on your website, the sort of photos you show, all of that stuff attracts those sorts of people. If you have a bride in a dirty dress with trainers on, other brides will see that and be like, yes, that's a bit of me and book you. If you have loads of really stylized photos with perfect shoes, perfectly clean dresses, like vogue magazine type photos you probably won't attract people who'd be like i don't care if it's raining let's go dance in the mud um our bride was actually wearing really fancy high heels but she got in the sea in the hills get in the sea (laughs) she literally just waded out into the sea like she did not care (laughs) she climbed a rock in those heels like a really dangerous rock i was like please don't oh god this is terrifying she said the heels ended up being like crampons <laughs> they like they fitted into the rock crevices and held her in place it was amazing i think all of this stuff is like a psychology thing isn't it if you've done a good rainy wedding then you replace that like negative image of something that's going horribly wrong with a positive one Do you so know we, what? we did one a few years back where uh, the the heavens opened. It was the middle of July, but everyone just got their um, umbrellas out, and it was it was like a field wedding, wasn't it? A festivally tight one, and everyone just got their umbrellas out and was having a lovely time anyway. And that's what I think of now when I think of wet weddings. Was that the one at House Meadow? Why can't I think of it? There was one at House Meadow where they had this tiny little marquee in the middle of a field, and it chucked it down. They had a barbecue as well. Everyone squeezed into this little tiny open sided marquee. It was pretty cool. Really good for photos. And the storm clouds on that day were epic. I've actually only done one wedding in my entire, what, ten and a half year... Life. Yeah. (laughs) Ten and a half year life, ten and a half year career that rained all day non-stop. In your nearly 40 years. Oh, thanks. Thanks (laughs) for that. Quarter of my life I've been doing this. More than a quarter of my life. Uh, We had one wedding where it rained non-stop. And you know what? I loved those photos. One of those photos was so loved by the venue that they blew it up and put it like life-size, bigger than life-size, on um, on a canvas on the wall in their cafe, which we didn't realise till we went back for a little brunch with one of our couples and saw it there. So they loved that little rainy picture. And there was a picture of a kid like catching raindrops in his mouth outside and everything. And That's your top tip, really, I think, isn't it? Is that whenever you see a rainy day, especially if you see like a rainy day on a weather app mm. where it's got a storm cloud or something down and you think that's going to be the whole day, it really isn't. It's never like, the whole day. Is, 
And especially rain is never for the whole day. Yes, it's so was. rarely. It kind of was yesterday. Yeah. I don't want to jinx stop. it because we all know like <laughs> there are those horrible days where it is literally all day. But that is rare, rare, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. So on a wedding day, even if it rains, generally it's probably not going to rain all day. So if you worry about getting the group shots or couples photos, kind of hold out a little bit. Tell your couple, we'll wait till later. Maybe hint to them not to like drink too much or something or be careful not to spill anything because you're going to hold out for the rain to stop a little bit get some safe shots indoors like window light shots get creative um but otherwise yeah see if you can just wait until the rain stops do you think is everyone listening to this like us and has like five different weather apps that they check (laughs) because we're like you get such different results don't you depending on whether you're looking at met office or bbc but one thing i have noticed is the built-in apple weather so that's like the main one that everyone checks like it's it's fine as a predictor but they will put down a, a rain symbol if it's literally going to be like raining one time for one hour in that day. Oh, right. So I really don't put any stock now. If I see that pop up with like 30% chance of rain, that could just be a sprinkling. Yeah. Whereas I, I would see that storm cloud on there before and think, oh no, it's going to wreck the whole day. Oh, see, that's an interesting perspective that you think, oh no, it's going to wreck the day. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can get cool rainy photos. <laughs> that's the thing. I think most wedding photographers feel the way you do. Like, oh no, what are we going to do? How am I going to do this? Whereas there is nothing really you can do. You can't stop the rain. You can just work with it. So you just got to change your mindset to a positive one and be like, I'll embrace it. I'll get cool photos. Um, I'll never forget someone shot a wedding. It made like the news, I think, because it rained so much. People were wading like in a foot of water. It was a festival wedding. Do you, I don't know if you remember seeing that years ago. Um, was it, it Glastonbury? Was, <laughs> <laughs> it looked like Glastonbury, but it made the news because it was so wet and it was so cool. These photos were awesome. I just love something at a wedding that is just different. Like just something different that happens. I really get excited when, you know, there's more, a sort of more to photograph, a bit more dynamic. Talking of stuff that gets in the news, photography related, or getting in the news for your photography. Yeah, there's been some controversial news this week that has been fascinating and I think brilliant for the industry. Um, that Baker woman, Beck, from Three Little Birds Bakery. <laughs> that Baker woman, I that she Baker hates woman. that nickname. I know. <laughs> like everyone calls us that photographer lady or whatever. Oh, every wedding, ask the photographer lady, or photographer lady, come here. Oh my God, I More to that. my life than baking, you know. <laughs> Beck from Three Little Birds Bakery got an email, um, and it, it was from a PR company representing an unknown celebrity saying, basically, can we have free cakes for her birthday party? Not three, free, F-R-E, um, in return for publicity, in return for like a mention on Instagram or OK Magazine or something. Uh, so basically for free, uh, would she make these whole bunch of cakes and a birthday cake for her, this woman's husband too? Uh, so the woman, like, as, I mean, none of us, none of us would say, yeah, sure, I'll do something that takes ages and cost me loads of money for free in return for publicity. Unless it was a really good cause. Yeah, like for charity or something, fair enough. But this is for a celebrity. So, you know, most people can afford a cake. If you can't afford a cake, like go to Everness and buy one or something and just get a Colin. Uh, so anyway, this woman, this baker, responded to this request and said, um, unfortunately, my mortgage provider doesn't take payment in the form of promotion on their socials, and my staff can't feed their kids with exposure on Instagram. We'll have to decline your very generous offer. Burn. Yeah, she, I think that was such a perfect reply. She didn't actually name the PR company. She didn't know who this celebrity was either. Um, All she did was post, I think on her Instagram, this, this email reply. 
which has every other small business saying yes thank you like this is this is what we need more of because we literally can't and also exposure like exposure is such a joke because it really doesn't get you anywhere i've been on i was on did i mention i was on sam smith's instagram you've you've been very exposed in your time (laughs) i uh what i got from being on sam smith's instagram a photo that i took that he tagged me in was no new or relevant followers and a bunch of messages from fans of Sam asking for Sam to record a video for their girlfriend's birthday or how they can get into the industry themselves using him as a contact. I'm like, I'm sorry, I took a photo of him once at a wedding. I'm not his agent. <laughs> like, what the... So for me, not it was Not actually... his friend, not his associate, not even his photographer. Not even his photographer. Like, he doesn't me... even like you. <laughs> he actually asked me to shoot his dad's birthday, but I had a wedding already that weekend. That would have been quite cool. He didn't ask for it for free either. Um, But yeah, exposure doesn't pay the bills and it doesn't even necessarily get you anything. So I was really impressed at this woman um, responding this way. On that note of getting exposure, is there anything that you did early on in your career for exposure or anything like that that you regret now when you look back? Like any job that you took on or thing that you did and you're like, oh my God, I wish I hadn't done that. Oh, that's such a good question. I don't know. I remember I agreed to do some band photos for like a friend of a friend's. Mm. And it was literally my first year. So I was still getting the practice of doing portraits and everything. And I went up to London from Portsmouth to do it. And it was absolutely chucking it down. That was one of those days where it rains all day. Yeah. And we were just wandering around London, soaked through getting these band photos. And I just, I did it for nothing mm. for for the practice. And it was nice to have the opportunity to practice. And the guy was lovely. But I look back now and I think I wish I'd at least charged some money for that. Because yeah. I think at the time I only had like one camera. So if the camera had died in the rain, I'd have been completely screwed. Yeah, and yeah. It, it wouldn't have been for paid work. So Exactly. Like, like, there, there are moments where you look back and you think, oh my God, why did I do that? I think there's a difference as well between the beginning of your career needing experience and then once you're established and you've got bookings and you're earning money, you've got staff like this woman has. Like, why on earth? She's got so much better exposure from standing up for herself than she would have got from this from this uh, celebrity in inverted commas. And interestingly, and this actually made me so angry, the celebrity then popped her head up and did an Instagram video saying, oh, I'm so confused about what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And it was, her, her video was kind of okay. Up until the point where she said, I hope the baker got the exposure she was craving. I was like, she didn't even name you. It was on her own Instagram. Like, get real. Yeah, that was a bad move, wasn't it? <laughs> getting getting involved move. in that. I think she should have just been hands off and been like, yeah, this is between my PR company and this bakery. Like, I'm sad that it's happened, but yeah. it's nothing to do with me. Ironic that it's a PR company and it's like completely ruined her. Like, how, what people see her, how, how people see her. Unless this whole thing is like a ploy. Maybe it's actually secretly publicising something else, like Black Mirror style. Oh, and, we're, and it's actually, we haven't realised yeah. it, but by talking about it, something else has been going we're on actually just the pawns scenes. in the game here. Well, like politics, they'll do one thing to be like, hey, look at this flashy thing, look at this terrible thing that's going on. And meanwhile, they're making some sort of arrangement that's going to screw the whole country over. I can't think of an example, but I know that's happened recently. And that brings us on to our next new regular segment, uh, Politics Hour. Don't worry, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. Yeah, we're the best place people to talk about politics. (laughs) We do actually have something serious to talk about, though, now. Yes, well, something that came up um, from one of our members, but also something that's come up in loads of, like, photography Facebook groups, is uh, 
the horrible topic of women being groped at weddings, uh, which sadly happens an awful lot. There was a uh, a poll that I saw once um, where where women answered whether they'd been you know harassed at a wedding, and most people have. Um, I guess it's the whole like hashtag Me Too thing from years ago, but people don't really talk about it outwardly. So we don't talk about it with our couples or with anybody other than sort of other women in closed Facebook groups. And um, so I'm really glad that our member um, spoke out to us about it because it's kind of scary to talk about, but it happens to most most female photographers, maybe male ones too. Uh, but yeah, we are getting touched up inappropriately and, and spoken to inappropriately at weddings, usually by drunk guests. And I think a lot of photographers excuse it. They're like, oh, it's okay, you know, he's drunk. Um, or, you know, they brush it off to other photographers going, yeah, but they were drunk. Uh, but I don't think it's okay. It's not nice to go to work and, like, be grabbed or someone, like, just someone close talking to you or saying things to you that don't make you feel very nice. And that's kind of one of the weird things about our job, isn't it? Is that we're amongst a group of people who probably know each other pretty well. It's family, friends. So they're kind of locking around, they're drunk, but it's our place of work. Yeah, we're people not, don't see that. You know, we might be fun photographers who get involved to get nice shots, but it's not a fun day out for us. We're not amongst people we know and feel safe with. We are there to get a job done. Yeah, and I'm lucky I'm with you. Uh, even though it still happens with you there, I am lucky I've got you there because I can turn to you. Uh, but a lot of women shoot on their own and it is really intimidating to walk onto a dance floor especially to get those photos and you get grabbed you don't even necessarily know who by you get grabbed you're like i do not need this in my life while i'm working this is not cool so that's happened to you before hasn't it It happened not too long ago this is difficult for us to talk about on the podcast because we obviously don't want to go into any of the stuff that we've read on other groups and talk about stuff that's not our own experience but this has happened to you yeah, at weddings. Yeah, of course. Like, plenty of times. The most recent being um, on the dance floor. You know, everyone's drunk and I got grabbed on the thigh really hard. Um, and they didn't let go. And the, the bride actually saw it and pointed at the bloke and said, not the photographer. And I was like, thank you. That's nice. Like, obviously, like, not anybody. But so nice that she actually, like, fully told him off right there as it happened because she saw it happen um but it's one of those things that someone might not notice a grab on the thigh in a busy dance floor uh and you know people trying to dance with you people trying to get photos with you they're like oh get, let me have a photo and they get up really close in the photo and if you say no to the photo you come across rude to them and it's really difficult and uh yeah it's 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 hard people trying to grab your camera for a photo there's all sorts of harassment that we get like not just women you know people just try to grab your camera um, you know, get a photo of you, with you, and it can be quite unpleasant. And some of the ideas that people have had to sort of mitigate this are to maybe have a word with your couple in advance and say, you know, if anything happens, I'm going to let you know. And I, if I feel uncomfortable and if that person doesn't stop, then I'm going to leave. You can have it in your contract saying, you know, safety at work. If you don't feel safe, you can leave. Um, it's it's kind of scary to go up to the couple and tell them it's happening. And also, what if their response is, oh, it's just so-and-so, they're just drunk, we don't care, or get over it, or it's just a laugh. What if your couple doesn't actually respond very well? What do you do then? Um, do you like, think it's something you would add to your welcome guide? Do you reckon it's something you'd feel comfortable articulating in there? If, ever, if you have a welcome guide, I think there could be a good way to put it in there to say, like, you know, I want to have a really good fun time at your wedding, but sometimes, uh, you know, some guests have got a bit... 
uh, inappropriate in the past and if this happens they are you're, you're going to approach the couple and let them know i have heard of guests being sent home when this has happened which is great that's the best option you can have that they leave and the photographer can stay the photographer's the one that's been paid for the guest is just dead weight at this point they don't need to be there they are making things worse um so knowing that that has happened before should hopefully give you guys confidence to be able to say something with with some confidence to your couple um yeah it's it's a really difficult topic that is just not spoken about and i think i know that our member did approach a blog or a magazine or something like this about it to make some sort of campaign uh yeah it needs to be spoken about more uh it's you know it's it's something that's difficult to speak about isn't it i think well especially in an industry that's about parties and being happy there's Mm. that element of toxic positivity to that isn't there where we're supposed to all be presenting this cheery facade all the time on social media but this is a topic that actually needs to be dealt with and addressed head on yeah it could be worth actually putting something on your social media saying like i love a good wedding party but if someone grabs me on the butt i'm gonna give them an elbow in the in the ribs or something like make it kind of cute kind of humorous but you know make that point and I know that some couples now are like, they might have security at a wedding who you can approach. They might actually message all their guests and say, if anyone acts inappropriately to anyone who is working at my wedding, you will be removed. And if you have anywhere near near decent couples, they will do something for you other than brush it off and say they don't care. Um, It's about, again, it's about the ideal client, like having someone who actually cares about other people's well-being. It's a very low bar. Um, but if you can attract people that are caring people, then um, it should be less of a problem. Yeah, and if anyone out there is listening to this and is affected by it, please do talk about it. Like, talk about it to someone, talk about it to your partner, your parents, the couple on the day. Just don't keep it to yourself. You can message us about it. Like, we're on Instagram, Kickass Photographers. You can pop me a message. I'm always there on the messages. Um, if you've had something like this happen to you, you can tell us. And if you want me to share about it, like anonymously or something, I can use that platform to say something. Um, you know, it's, it is a difficult, difficult thing to talk about, but do not let it just go by and live with it. If something's happened to you you're not comfortable with, don't just live with it. Sometimes just saying to someone, oh yeah, I got grabbed on the bum on the dance floor or someone tried to kiss me, just saying it out loud makes you feel a little bit like offloaded and a little bit better. Um, so yeah, yeah, you, can, you guys can message message me on there. Absolutely happy to to be a sounding board for you about what you should do as well. Oof, that's not nice to have to talk about, is it? So change of topic. Uh, we recently had a really cool inquiry for an iPhone film. So we do these iPhone films, which we've mentioned. And this inquiry was so gushing about our films. She was like, oh yeah, it's exactly what we're looking for. Love it. Low key vibes and all of this. And we kind of got chatting and they were about to book. And then she said, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, we've got like mics and everything for the sound. And I was like, oh, well, I don't do any of that. She said, oh, but we want the whole ceremony and the whole speeches recorded. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not exactly what we do. We just do these like vibey five minute films. Um, and I spoke to Todd about it. I was like, what do I do in this situation where they want the whole thing filmed? It's just not what I do. And he pointed out that, like, the very good point that we are not videographers. We just make fun little films. And it is the job of a videographer to do uh, the speeches and the ceremony. And we are not there to take the job of a videographer. Like, they are skilled. They have all the kit. They know about sound and mics and all of that. And I cannot be bothered to do any of that stuff. That's not what I'm about. I'm about the easy, low-key little highlight films. And so, yeah. For me, as someone who's in, like, 
permanent recovery from anxiety that comes under like boundary issues exactly. as well so i know that in the past i'd have got swept up in a job like that it's easy and been like yeah sure i'm going to do that because i need the money or because i want to please these people and then you end up doing something that you're actually either really uncomfortable doing or that is going to make your life hell. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I was in that situation where I'd said yes already to this couple. Uh, and then it turned out they wanted something much, much more than what I do. So, um, yeah, after this sort of grounding talk from Todd, I was like, that's such a good point. Like, not only do I not want to do all this stuff for very little money, but also that is taking the job of a videographer. And I don't want any videographers to see that I do iPhone films and be like, well, that's her stealing work from us because it's absolutely not. So I wrote back to the couple and said, I don't do that stuff. That is absolutely the job of a videographer. They are, they have so much more in place to be able to do that for you. So I recommend you hire a proper videographer for that. And they did, which made me really happy. I don't mind losing that job because at no point do I want to take the job of somebody else. What we do with iPhone films is so different to a full wedding film with sound and everything. Um, I think that's a nice thing to normalise as well, is not just being happy when you get an ideal client booking, but being happy when you don't get a job that you wouldn't have wanted to do. That's it. You know, like, if, if it's something where you're not on the same page as someone or they were going to ask you to do something you're not comfortable with, then you could be happy, actually, when you don't get that. Well, I, I sent her away. Like I, I had to turn down the work because it just wasn't what we do. And it's that comes in so many forms. You might get an inquiry where you're free, but you get a red flag or, you know, you have to turn down a festival you want to go to or something to shoot this wedding. It's okay to say no. Like if you get any sort of feeling like this isn't quite right for me, you absolutely can say no. You can just say to them, I, I am not available or actually I think someone else is better served to do your wedding. Like don't say yes to absolutely everything that comes along, basically. For me, that takes me back to what we were talking about earlier, where in your early days, you end up saying yes to all sorts of things that yeah. with hindsight, you're like, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. And if there's if there's one thing that you can get better at doing as you get more experience, I think it's, it's saying, no saying no to stuff that you just get better at anticipating when you're not going to have a good time, don't you? Yeah, you do. Sometimes red flags, what looks like a red flag actually isn't. Um, and that's where having like colleagues and community to bounce off is really handy. You can be like, because we actually we get that a lot in our membership. Someone will post an inquiry and say, oh, this feels like a scam or there's a red flag. What should I do? And actually having your colleagues look at it and go, actually, I don't think that's a scam. I think that's a pretty cool job. Or having them say, yeah, walk away from that. That doesn't feel good. Really helps you because we're completely alone. Most people are completely alone in this job. You have no one to say, what do I do here? Do I say yes? Do I say no? Is this is this an issue? Is this a red flag? You don't have a... So that's why we've got our lovely community. So it's so nice to have these people to just bounce off of each other and get some sort of like reality check and, you know, <laughs> just well, like not be alone. Well, because trusting gut feelings is hard, actually, isn't mm. it? You know, uh, especially if you're talking about your livelihood and it's your gut feeling that's saying, oh, don't take this job, but that is versus your reality that you need the money. Yeah, that's hard. That's where you get in a pickle, isn't it? And, that's hard. and sometimes it is really hard to, to distinguish between why you're getting a gut feeling that says, don't take this because you're anxious about it. And maybe sometimes you just need to push yourself. Like, yeah, like doing that job that you feel anxious about might just help you get over it. Mm. But sometimes you have to say no. So that is that is complicated. Yeah, you just don't know which way you should go. So I love that we've got these this like platform for people to ask each other. Um, and also we've we've now added in, you might know about this, we've added in these little tea break zooms 
into our membership, which is so nice. So every week we have a little half hour hangout on Zoom where no one works. So you work up until it, and then you put on the kettle, you get your tea or coffee, and you come and have a chat for half an hour, and then you get back to work. And that's so good also for these like sounding board sessions where you could be like, guys, I've had this email, what do I do? Um, you know, we, we chat about all sorts of things. And it's that sort of thing where we, we have colleagues. Every week you get to physically talk to and see the faces of your colleagues and just feel like you are not not alone in the business because it's super lonely, isn't it? Actually, there's another Zoom that we have started doing with members, which was really, really fun. So Todd and I didn't know how this was going to go the first time we did it. Um, and before the Zoom, we were like, oh, let's just do this one off because yeah I don't know how well this is gonna go but it turned out it was amazing so we had this show and tell session like at school um where you basically just talk about a photo you've taken and actually I chose a photo um that I didn't take one of my clients took it um of their family and you talk about that photo and do you know what it was so fun to listen to the stories behind the scenes of what happened to hear the different things that like clients think of their photos um and just to get a really different perspective on on people's photos from weddings like you see them on instagram and you're like oh yeah that's a pretty photo double tap it or whatever but to hear the story behind a photo or how the photographer felt or what was going on for them like one of our members <laughs> the morning of a photo he took had stepped on a sellotape dispenser <laughs> and cut his foot wide open so he had to bring a second shooter along and it was the second shooter's photo we saw his wife actually it was such a brilliant photo she's not a photographer but this photo was amazing and we all spent ages like zooming into little bits of the photo and like seeing new things and just and we could see him in the background like with obviously with his bleeding foot we couldn't see the bleeding foot but you know that he's there with this bleeding foot and it just brings so much more to that photo than you know a swipe past on instagram and well, we saw some really beautiful photos, didn't we, with like bokeh backgrounds so and the cool. couple kissing and then heard about like what the reality was he that it's in like a graffiti back street. Yeah, he took us on street view, didn't he, of that yeah. exact street. We were like, there's no way we would have seen what you saw. Um, and it just made us all feel pretty special because we were like, you know what, our couples will book us for one thing and your couples will book you for another thing. And that's what you do. And this is what I would do. And how cool is that? That it makes you, it gives you more confidence that your couples are booking you for a reason and not somebody else because you see this sort of thing and they see that sort of thing and that's why they want you and it was just so cool and there was like another photo where it was just a, a what you'd think you'd call it out and think it's a nothing moment but actually it was it turned out the couple told the photographer a really cool story behind that that photo and he was like I'm so glad I left it in um and so it kind of really helped us with like culling and meaningful moments and stuff and we all left the zoom feeling really quite like boosted really really quite inspired and more confident in our own stuff i like how it turns the like the awards mindset on its head mm. so typically like we're told you know a picture speaks a thousand words and in an awards a photo is judged purely on that photo mm. so it'll be like the aesthetics of it the composition the subject the lighting and often it's only after it's been judged that we actually hear the story of the people behind it, how the shot was made, everything that went into it. And this turns that on its head and makes that the point. Mm. So it's like, let's hear about the story and the why and all the things that went into it. And often that's where the hard work's gone. Yeah. Like a, a picture doesn't really tell a thousand, what was it a thousand words or something like that, the expression? Like it doesn't really, especially with Instagram, you flick right past it. Um, you could examine a photo and imagine what that story is, but you don't actually know. And 
reality is always so much more interesting than what you could imagine. So I just loved hearing the stories behind those photos. I loved telling the story behind uh, one of ours plus um, my client's photo, which was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I, I, I can't wait to do that session again because it was just brilliant. I actually think the the whole thing of Instagram and actually taking time to look at pictures is really important now as well because of the way that social media serves us up content. We're like always scrolling and we're not taking the time to actually look at the photos. Yeah. It's kind of like doing us out of a job as photographers because what's the point in a photo being amazing and certainly what's the point in delivering a whole gallery of a thousand amazing photos if nobody actually looks at photos anymore? If the only time in your life that you look at photos is when you get your wedding slideshow over a glass of wine and you never take the time to enjoy it again, kind of what's the point in any of it? So I think it's really important to bring it back to actually taking time to look at photos and talk about them for a bit. So I would say that if anyone's listening to what Todd just said and thinking, oh God, is everything pointless? I would think about uh, looking at finding a photo and posting it on Instagram and telling the story behind that photo. So next time, next time you go to post on Instagram, think what would people be really interested in seeing and hearing about and tell that story. There is nothing more powerful than storytelling. So head on your pop, pop on your Instagram and tell the story behind the photo. People will love it. Yeah, like, I, think, I think it's worth doing because we all fall victim to that thing where you think, well, I'm just going to whack a picture on Instagram now and I'm not going to really spend any time on the caption because what's the point? Nobody reads it. But if you write a really interesting story in the caption, then people probably are going to read it. They're going to spend a bit more time actually reading the caption and looking at the photo. So it's kind of this circular thing that we get into, isn't it? Where the less time that we spend on the photo and the whole story behind it, the less people are going to read into it. Mm, I think also it can help you by telling that story. It makes you feel better about what you're doing. Just writing that story. And also, if you don't know what to write in your caption, it's the easiest thing to be like, okay, well, what's the story behind this photo? Like, just tell that. Like, maybe you were sliding around in mud while you took it, or maybe there was like some sort of thing that happened right before or right after that was funny um, or meaningful or something. Like, I took a photo once of um, two mums at a wedding who hadn't got on. Um, this is simplifying it massively, but basically they were hugging and I got that photo and the couple loved it because they hadn't got on previously. Uh, and it's that sort of stuff that you can tell a story of that's going to make people see more value in what you do. It's almost like a kind of mindfulness as well, isn't it? Because then you're more involved in the moment and more present if you're thinking about who's actually in your photo and what they're up to what their relationship is with the other people in your photo rather than just going to the wedding and being like snap 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 yeah. which is like that adrenaline fueled mindset that we all get into now and with cameras being so crazy like we can just show up and fire off 15,000 photos but it's that's no good if the photos don't represent anything and they don't mean anything well that's where the whole thing comes in with getting to know your couples more so digging deep into what is meaningful to them like you could do it on a form and you could say like who are the important people tell me some things about your wedding that i need to know uh and getting to know your couples like following them on instagram and seeing what's important to them chatting to them more you know going to prep and talking to them uh, getting to know them as as people and as a couple um and it's, it's the whole thing where we say you know we're mates with a camera at your wedding it's not just that we fit in and have a laugh with everyone it is that we get to know you intimately and we'll take photos that you will like that are more meaningful than you can even imagine um so that's worth talking about i think in your 
in your in your marketing. Yeah, and I think you can still do that, even if you're like super introverted and do that fly on the wall style. You can just take that extra bit of time to observe what people are up to, what their body language is like together, and and kind of read into things more. So we can we can all do a bit more of that in our work. Talking about like what to write in your Instagram caption, we are actually going to be doing a whole bunch more um here's what to do and here's a template for it type stuff in the membership so we know that especially over summer everyone's busy editing people got their kids with them all that sort of stuff even just in the winter like things working marketing's a lot uh so we're gonna be like here's an idea to do on your instagram today here's a template here are some exact things to do and we're gonna kind of like basically give our members like a to-do for that day or that week because um, like here's a little easter egg for the podcast to test how many people are listening this far if you're listening to this and you love doing marketing drop a comment in the membership or wherever you hear this to tell us that because i would love to know how many people love marketing not the photography not the branding none of that but like facebook ads and instagram and all of that because i'm willing to bet that is like percent of the audience. I actually love it. I uh, love yeah. marketing. <laughs> well, it's lucky that you're doing a membership. Yeah, then, because... I find it just such a great challenge because it's like, okay, there's a lot of great wedding photographers. There's a lot of them in my area, uh, and I know exactly who I want to attract. So how can I attract them? And it's such a fun challenge. And when it works, when you get that inquiry through, that is such a dream um, client. It's like, okay, everything I'm doing is paying off. Like. It's working. It's so easy to feel really dejected when you do loads of stuff and no inquiries or bad inquiries come through and you're like, what's the point? Um, but when you, you know, or, or nothing comes through and you're like, what am I doing it for? And then something comes through, you're like, okay, this is what it's for. You've got to realise that all that stuff you're doing takes time to get to those people. Um, and that is the kind of challenge. It's, it's hard, but I, I do really enjoy that. I'd love to know who else enjoys that. It probably comes like less naturally to a lot of us as well because... Most of us have got into photography because we like either cameras or photography. Mm. Like, very few people are going to have come through because they started off thinking, hey, I love posting on Instagram (laughs) or I love coming up with ad ideas. Oh, I might start a photography business. So often that is the afterthought, isn't it? Like, Mm. oh, shit, you know, I have a a business. I now have to market it. Talking of cameras, I got that little Trip 35 camera that you talked about a couple of episodes ago um, that our our friend... (laughs) Bought, I found one of her granddad's and it sparked a little conversation. She was like, oh, you know, this this is obviously not a, a camera worth keeping. And Todd was like, oh, it's the greatest camera ever. And I've just gone and bought myself one. And what's funny, so I saw this camera. I, let's go back a little bit. I'm going on a trip to the Mississippi in October um, with um, a guy called Dave Cornthwaite. He runs Yes Tribe. Um, he's very cool. He is an official... Um, professional adventurer and he's planning this big trip with about 15 people or something canoeing down the Mississippi from Memphis and I'm joining them and so it's I a thought, week right a week yeah. on a canoe yeah exactly and like paddle boards and swimming and, and, and you, you sleeping on sandbars paddle ashore and do your meals together right. on, on like the sandbanks and stuff right? yes exactly you, you gotta dig a hole to poop and all that sort of stuff it's gonna be great and this is in like the southern states isn't it Mississippi. Yeah, like Tennessee, that sort of, yeah, something like that. Um, What's the word for that? Because it's not South America, it's no. South North America. <laughs> I don't know, actually. I feel like that has a word and it's not coming to me. I don't know. 
the self. Um, the deep self. Yeah, the deep self. So I didn't know what camera to bring. I was like, do I bring my Sony? Do I get a little snappy camera that I can like bash about? Do I just use my phone? What shall I do? It's well, going to be like... The interesting thing with that is your first thing that you ran by me was should I get like a compact camera yeah. that's maybe waterproof? And the case for cameras like that is getting so hard now because we have such amazing phones. Yeah, why would and, you buy the And, you know, camera? such amazing DSLRs that these cameras that sit in the middle, it's like, what's the what's, what's the, the case for that anymore? Exactly. So then I was like, oh, I'll just bring my phone. Um, but I thought, I don't know, it'd be kind of cool to take some actual photos, not just on my phone. Uh, so... And then with the Sony, it's like, is that going to be a busman's holiday? That's it, like, yeah. Come know, home are, to editing. Are you going to come back with, like, 5,000 pictures in a Lightroom catalogue? And then it's like, well, this is what I do for work. And it's so. big and heavy, too, the Sony. Um, so, yeah, Todd floated the idea of a film camera, and he floated it really tentatively. He's like, I don't know if you're going to like this idea, but, you know, what about a film camera? I was like, that is the best idea ever. I love that! Because, like, I don't really shoot film, but I love the idea that I don't have to charge anything... Um, that I don't know what I'm taking and that it's going to be weeks before I even see the photos so my trip gets to live on I can I can still have things to get excited about afterwards so he sent me a link to I think it's JFR Film or something JFR Film yeah uh, not sponsored <laughs> unless he wants to sponsor us um, I looked through this link of cameras and there was this yellow skinned uh, Olympus Trip 35 and it was so pretty. And I said to Todd, I think I want this one. It's so pretty. He was like, yeah, but this, yeah, but that. Maybe you want this one because it's got this. And maybe you want that one because it's got that. And I was like, yeah, but those ones look really boring. <laughs> and then he said, do you know what? It's the camera you feel excited to get out and use that is the one you should get. So I looked at this um, this Trip 35. There was a pink one as well. So I put a vote up on Instagram. Um, I got the yellow one in the end. And so, yeah, I've got this little film camera to shoot this trip on. I'm so excited about that. So the Trip 35 is like late 60s, I think, maybe. It originally came out. And it looks it like it's got that silver old camera look. Looks like a And I think like other compact cameras, once it got to like the late 80s, they all just become grey boxes. (laughs) They look the same and they look quite similar to what comes out now. So they don't have that that appeal do they that no. aesthetic appeal and it you know it meant that i don't have a flash and i don't have i don't know what else i don't know about cameras. <laughs> but my point is like I, i'm normally all about marketing i'm not that much about cameras but this one was so pretty um, and the funny thing was when i posted it on instagram to vote for the colors i got a message from a guy that i do crossfit with and he had also just bought a trip 35 and he was saying um how he loved it and all this sort of stuff which was really sweet i loved the conversation and then I went to CrossFit and saw him in real life since the first time, for the first time since our conversation. And he was like, I realised after I messaged you how embarrassing that I was talking about a camera to a professional photographer. Oh, how stupid. And I was like, oh my God, I, I literally bought the camera based on the fact that it was pretty. <laughs> like, it's cool that it started conversations because of being pretty. Well, and I tell you, the the old Fujis used to be good for that as well. Oh, yeah. When we had the silver Fuji X-T3s, oh, yeah. at every wedding, someone would be like, oh, that's cool, they you're, you're shooting film. Yeah, and they did the, love the film. Sony being just a, a black box gets, <laughs> gets zero comments, to be fair. Yeah, it's true. Also, the other really cool thing that came out of this is that our friend Harriet, who originally found her granddad's camera 
and was just going to get rid of it, has now sent it off to be refurbished to this JFR film bloke, and she's going to get a yellow skin put on it, and everything. or maybe actually maybe a turquoise or pink skin. She hasn't decided. It she's went gonna, out to vote, didn't it? Yeah. So she's also going to have this really cool little camera that she feels excited to use, and I just love that. Like it, this all sparked a whole big thing, and like brought people together, and yeah, it's been really fun. So like I don't shoot film. This is like a proper point and shoot. You stick the film in, uh, and I think you just tell it. You choose the picture of a tree or a picture of a person to tell you, like, if yeah, it's, it's far like away or close. Simple and that's it. zone focus thing going on. So you pick one of three distances or something. That's it. Yeah. The rest is on auto and you just snap away. I can't wait to see the pictures I get. I'm going to get some really, like, cool, colour, colourful, like, contrasty film as well. And yeah, it's going to get expensive, I think, because film's trendy now. So everyone's buying it. But I like the idea that. So I like the idea that, that I'm not going to see the photos for a while and it's something to look forward to, which I think is a really big selling point of of what we do with weddings. We shoot the wedding and we tell the couple it's going to be a couple of months. And some photographers are like, oh no, I want to deliver in a few days as part of my you know selling point. But really, I think making them wait is a really good thing because they have something more to look forward to after their wedding. Like they look forward to the wedding, then they look forward to the honeymoon, then they get home and they're like, oh, there's nothing to look forward to. We're going back to work and it's all over. Whereas they have another like month of thinking, well, we still have the photos that we haven't seen, which is just, how cool is that that we get to give them something, that gift of their wedding continuing? So yeah, we, we leave it always a couple of months to give their photos. In fact, at our most recent wedding, the bride said that they were going away, weren't they? So they actually didn't want them within well, like a week peek. of the wedding. Yeah, no, no, which was she interesting. said they're away, they won't be looking at their phones. So yeah, send a sneak peek in a week's time rather than a few days' yeah. time. I feel like there's a there's a peak, isn't there, of, of curiosity where people want to get those photos. And actually, it's not necessarily right afterwards. I send a sneak peek because... Uh, otherwise they'll just post pictures of that their friends have taken and then you don't even get a look in at that point which does happen anyway oh, like anyway. surely that's happened to everyone listening to this where uh, the couple posts friends phone photos of the wedding and then tag you as a photographer oh, you're yeah. like no I didn't take those it's normally <laughs> a carousel you're like oh nice photo I took nice photo I took oh that's not me <laughs> or you just don't get the photos just don't go on Instagram at all and their friends photos do which was part of the reason why I like doing iPhone films, really, because it's really lo-fi, and because it's a phone, it's like a mate would do it, but better. Um, so I quite like that. I don't think I'd do photos on a, on an iPhone because I just I still think the uh, I still think the the camera takes a much better photo. But film-wise, man, you could do a whole... I think you could do a whole movie on, on an iPhone. And in fact, Dave, who I mentioned, who's doing this Yes Tribe Mississippi trip, is an iPhone videographer himself. If you look up Dave Cornthwaite, you'll see his um, videos that he's made of all his travels. And they're just so well done. They're so low key, but he's put a lot of effort into them and, and they're just like, they're really watchable. Um, and I take a lot of inspiration. In fact, he was the one who inspired me to even do iPhone films in the first place because we went to his festival called Yesterville um, and he made a film of iPhone footage. And I was like, that's what I would want my wedding video to look like why don't we just do that um so it was pretty cool yeah dave's been a big influence in our lives look him up he's like such a cool bloke <laughs> right it is time for us to close up today and go prep for tomorrow's wedding we've got to get our memory cards sorted uh, clean our lenses and all that stuff and we've got see the barbie movie oh yes we're seeing the barbie movie tonight i'm so excited um yeah and also we've got to pack our little picnic for tomorrow so we have started suggesting to couples that we'll bring our own food 
unless it's somewhere we really can't get get food or bring food um because we can't talk about the reasons why but (laughs) we've occasionally been served up with some slightly less than optimal wedding meals (laughs) that's a that's a a friendly way of putting it isn't it (laughs) sometimes have we talked about this on the podcast before but sometimes you just get meals don't you at weddings where it's either really late and the speeches are like imminent or something else is or going between on. between courses. Between courses or. or the food just isn't great. <laughs> yeah. So we've been like, right, that's it. We're going to get some nice like M&S salads. Maybe some like, I've got a fancy pot noodle, like a, not pot noodle branded, but one of those fancy ones that you just pour hot water in. I've got some quiche. I've got some picnic bits and bobs. So I'm going to put all that stuff together. I've got, yeah, look, I've bought a bag. I think I told this story actually in the last podcast. I bought a bag with an insulated inside um, for our picnics and so yeah I'm quite looking forward to a little picnic at tomorrow's wedding and we do this for non-travel weddings basically now so if it's if it's a travel wedding and we're going to be staying over somewhere there's probably not a fridge so it doesn't really work but, yeah but when it's a home wedding we're probably happier doing that I think sometimes our couple will message us and be like oh we've actually got xyz food on the day do you want it and we're like that sounds amazing yes we do um, so it's not a hard and fast rule I'd love to know what you guys do as well like what's your preference do you prefer making bringing your own stuff or being fed like what do you do about food on a wedding day because obviously it spans two meals a wedding day and actually we had got a new member who's italian and we spoke to him yesterday in the tea break zoom and he says their weddings span like 16 or 17 hours and they don't have speeches um although he did say that because we said what do you do all day like we've got lawn games we've got speeches he said they eat (laughs) They eat and then they eat and then they eat. So I'm guessing he probably gets fed a load of great Italian food. Um, but we generally shoot like eight to ten hours. It spans two meals. So we've got to bring like enough stuff for that. I've started making little energy balls as well out of like dates and cashews and different flavours and stuff. So they're amazing. Well, the weird thing about weddings is that mealtime is often a very different time to a normal day yeah, as well, like isn't it? Yeah, it's like four o'clock for a big meal. <laughs> and I, I feel like I'm finding that harder to tolerate as I get older. Like, you get all the, sleepy and stuff yeah, after the, a big meal. the body is just like used to eating at set times. times. Yeah. And so having a big meal at 3pm and then not eating for hours afterwards just doesn't feel right. Yeah, that is hard. So yeah, we've got some different various things for our picnic tomorrow, so I'm quite excited about that. And it means you can just sit out on a lawn or you know outside somewhere in the sunshine and have a lovely picnic on a wedding day. Who, who doesn't love that? <laughs> so yes, signing off now, but we will see you next time. And don't forget, if you want to join the membership, you can. You'd be very, very welcome. The website is kickassphotographers.com forward slash join. And we'd love to see you in there. Bye. See you guys soon. <laughs>